This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, do you want to do a cold open? <laughs> I mean, uh, if you see, want, yeah. See, I feel like all the cool podcasts are doing it. Like I just feel like like all the you know all the podcasts I listen to they do cold opens. All right, so we're Is doing this the cold open. Are we already yeah. doing a cold open? Yeah, we're already recording. <laughs> oh, great! So, see, this is the part where if you have interesting banter, you say it like right now. So, like, I, I think we're I think we're really good at cold opens so far. I think is what we're learning right now. I I think so. So, did you watch Royal Rumble? Uh, no, I didn't watch Royal Rumble. I I as I was telling you guys, I used to watch a lot of wrestling, but. If I can't watch all of it, I just—it's just too much. I don't want to watch just a little bit of it. I just have other—I have other hobbies. No, see, I'm like you. Like I, I can't—I can't go all in on it. Like I used to watch a crap load of wrestling when I was younger, but like now I can only watch. I, I stick around for the big four, though. I stick around for Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, and sometimes Survivor Series. You know, it's kind of an itchy thing with me. But I, I gotta say, when I watched it this weekend. Like, I was super depressed because, like, I was watching the the Rumble match, right? I knew maybe 10% of the wrestlers that came out. <laughs> like, Well, there's, and, a lot of, there's so many new folks. There's all this, like, NXT talent and stuff. Yeah, and, it, it, and I get it. Like, they have to develop new talent. But it's just, like, it's for someone like me who's, like, a, a super casual fan, only tunes in, like, three times a year, man, like, you're bringing in dudes that I've literally never heard of. I feel like it's a bad thing. Like I feel like that can't be good if I'm the only if I'm experiencing this and I watch regularly, like four times a year, regularly. Uh, what percentage of our listeners do you think uh, give a single crap about WWE? <laughs> I, I maybe we'll find out. Everybody, Twitter, Twitter us. Tell us if you'd like the WWE or not. <laughs> I think I think they like this. I I think this is this is what's bringing us the hits. This is what's bringing us the listen the large listen numbers. Um, but yeah, I mean, even if they don't like it, there you know, there's there's this awesome feature on the podcast app, like where you can just forward through parts of a conversation that you don't want to listen to. So or or you can push a little times one button until it goes to one half and listen to it very slowly, oh, so God. you can soak all of this in. Those guys are psychopaths. If, if you listen to podcasts at one point five <laughs> speeds, you, you're a psychopath. Like if you, I, I can't process my own thoughts at one point five speed. You're you're processing other people's thoughts at one point five. Yeah, exactly. Speeds. Which is why whenever people listen to this podcast, they need to do it at half speed so they can hear twice as much of us. Exactly. If, you're, if we record a 40-minute podcast, it'll be 80 minutes long for them so they can savor it. Why is it there? Why is that even an option? <laughs> 1.5 speed? No, 0.5 speed, the slower version. I don't know, man. Like Maybe it's like for people who listen to Dunked On and like, they're doing, they're, they break down stuff super specifically. And like sometimes, I, I got to admit, I get lost. Because they're doing all their salary cap minutia, and I understand salary cap, but when they get really deep into it, 
and the, and they're explaining like the Stepien rule. Like I, I gotta admit, I get lost sometimes, and I, and I I consider myself like a diehard NBA guy, and you know I I guess I guess point five is good for that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, they do they do fire stuff off a pretty machine gun pace. That or you're like uh, listening to a like an an an, uh, an auctioneer podcast. Right. Right. <laughs> they have those? <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> but if you get like the Micro Machines guy. Okay, I'm really old. Never mind. Okay, so did you get the video I sent you? I got the video. I I had seen those guys. I hadn't seen the full version of it. They are perfect, and those guys are life goals. Okay, so I'm going to tweet it out right now. Okay, and basically, it, uh, we'll get into somewhat Rocket Stock here. So the Rockets have... In my opinion, like the best game ops in the league, like or, or, like top five. And what what's bet what's special about them is they have the best dance cams. They're always going viral. Like they literally always go viral every game. Like someone on this on the dance cam like just goes crazy. And this time, like this was like the perfect crescendo of these two guys. I mean, these two. Separate acts, if you will. Like it, 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 it was these two big guys, right? And they had coordinated their their, their dance. Like they had planned this ahead. Of, it was clear. Yeah, they had like a full like two minutes or something. Right. Like the, of... the, it, it was awesome too. They, they were they were doing really well, man. And like the thing is, like you could see, like they would stop and they'd look at each other. All right, let's go to part two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. They had they, they they had coordinated this ahead of time before the game. Like either they knew they were going to be on camera, or they, or they you know like this was their goal. They, they set out to be viral, and I, in my opinion, that's awesome. And, and here's where the conspiracy comes in. Like first of all, I gotta say I can't stop watching this. I I, I watched this video at least three times a day ever since it came out. Like, <laughs> does it, to keep you going? Yeah, it does. It does. Especially when I'm in a crappy mood. Like I watch these guys. I'm like, oh, man, I, I I gotta step my game up, right? So they they have great game ops and they have a great dance game in general. If you go to their games, this happens all the time, right? Like this is my thing. This has to be like there has to be plants here, right? Like I feel like one of these two acts are plants, at least one of those two, because the second guy is a dude in a, a suite, basically, right? He's in a suite and the camera goes on him and he's not even dancing. Like he's not like it's just his family's kind of moving a little bit, mm-hmm. but. And he's just kind of sitting there. Oh, look, we're on camera. Like, he's pointing to his kid, right? And then he starts dancing, and then he loses his Like, it, Like, it's just like, he went from zero to ten so quickly. And I got to, that has to be a plan. Like, that has, like, there's no way it can be that perfect. Like, those guys are all actors, everybody in there. The mom, her her daughter that he's holding, uh, the guy, like, like the guy went nuts. Like, it was like, the, the, like he, he knew how to party. Like he knew. Well, not, Go ahead. So not not to get too uh, not to get too like behind the music on you, but uh, I'm pretty sure what they do if they if if they do it like they do in the D League teams. I used to be a season ticket holder for the the Austin Toros back in the day, and they would come to me every now and again and ask if I wanted to be in like a competition or something or other. So most I would guess what they do is they they talk to these guys ahead of time. That's why you see a lot of the guys in like the boxes and suites and stuff doing it. Right. That they're like, hey, you want to be on? You want to be on a dance cam in like the third quarter or whatever, and then they just know that like that's going to happen. So that guy, I would suspect that guy was one of that. That he knew he was going to be on camera and he was doing kind of a little shtick. 
Well, see, he pulled it off really well because he almost got me. He almost got yeah. me. Like, you know, it almost looked authentic to me. And then I looked at it and he wasn't dancing in the beginning. Like, he literally was not dancing. Yeah. Like, it, 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 just, it just felt like they, the camera knew exactly what the camera guy knew exactly what he was doing when he put the camera on them. And listen, like, it, it was entertaining as hell. Even if it was fake, it was entertaining. Like, it was like the, they, the guy clearly stepped it up like even if like he was he was gonna be on the camera he brought his a game the guy like <laughs> like and, hey every everything is a work <laughs> we're going back to wrestling again um but those twins man those two big guys i shout out to them shout out because <laughs> like they, they, they had this whole thing where they took their hats off in the middle of the uh, oh of the that gym. was the best part yeah they take their hats off and then they, like wipe their brows as though they're going whoo that was hard work and they and, put their hats back on at the same time and everything right like they're doing it at the same t- like it's it's awesome like and then they do this matrix thing where they're all leaning back us like, it's great it's great like and and the thing is with the rockets like they always get guys like this like like there's this there's this like, kid he's got to be like 20 years old that they always put on the camera and he does this crazy where he just like has all these emotions on his face and he's dancing and, and he knows what's up. Like he's clearly like a season ticket holder or like a red rowdy or something like the, the camera always goes to him. And then there's that lady um, that they always put the camera on that ball lady mm-hmm. they, 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 with like the old dude who sits next to her who is like, <laughs> by your husband or something. Right. Like. I guess the entire point of this conversation is Rockets fans knows know know what up. Like they they know what's up. They like they know how to get down. And like I don't know. I saw this video and it made me really happy. And I went on this deep dive. Like like I went on this. Um, have you ever been on an internet deep dive where you see one video, then you want to see another video, then you want to see another? Like, like it made me. Yeah, go- I think that's called Thursday nowadays. <laughs> right. Like. <laughs> It made me go do one of those, and I digged up all the Rockets videos. They're they're spectacular. They have they have by far like they're top five at least. I I haven't seen all of them, but they're at least top five in, in dance cams in the entire league. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we should probably get somewhat towards ba- towards Rockets basketball at some point. So, did you see this thing about Leslie Alexander? Uh, no, I didn't see that. Okay, I've so been, I've had a, I've had a busy day. Break it down for us. <laughs> So Les Alexander kept the championship trophies after he sold the Rockets. <laughs> That's Go just, on. I mean, like, okay. So apparently, uh, according to NBA rules, you the owner who won the championship, like wh- whoever was owner at the time that they won the championship, you get rights to that trophy. Like it, it, it's like a, I guess it's a real legal thing. Like that that, that you. <laughs> Yeah. You you have rights to those trophies, whatever. Yeah, trophy. he owns the trophy. Yeah, right. Like so, if Peter Holt decides to like sell the team one day, like he he gets to keep those five trophies. He gets to bring it home with him. So apparently, the Rockets don't have these trophies anymore. And I think this is like like one of the like this is like probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen Les do. Is it's right up there with um? Have you ever have you ever seen that clip of him arguing with the ref in the middle of the game? Yeah, it's super good. Yeah, it, it's up there with that. Like, so he brought the tr- the trophies home with him. It's in a corner of his house. And he doesn't know what to do with them, but 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 it was his plan. Like, as soon as he sold the team, I'm bringing these home with me. I don't know. I just think it's a real baller move there. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a power move. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, I I guess they probably knew that going in, right? Like, I, I suppose Tillman was prepared for this. I, I mean, maybe they'll to, have right. Like, yeah. Are they gonna have some kind of like like fake trophies or something to keep in the arena? Because you know that's a, that's a thing. You keep your trophies in your trophy case and everything. 
Yeah, they have to have something there, right? Like, because uh, you see people taking pictures with the trophies, like, you know, and, and you want to recruit free agents with that kind of stuff. Like, I'm assuming they have something there. But we know, like, you and I know that those trophies aren't real. Whatever they have in there right now. Mm-hmm. What if they do, like, a joint custody thing where, like, one weekend a month, it's, Ooh. like, trophy weekend month. You can go there and take a picture with them while Les lets them borrow them briefly. I like this. I like this. Yeah. yeah. It could be a promotion. Tillman, if you're listening, we got a great idea for you. Well, see, like I, I think I think Tillman has a case here, man. I think he was a minority owner for the for a, t- a time. Now, I think actually at the time where the Rockets won those trophies, so I think he has a stake to those trophies, man. I, I think I think he has a case to bring. To <laughs> he gets bring. like three percent of the trophies. Listen, like I, I'm not saying like you can bring you can go to Adam Silver with this, but but I, what I'm saying is if I'm Tillman, I'm going to Adam Silver with this, like like. I don't. Hey, I don't, they can probably settle. They can come to an agreement, right? Like they, they have, they have these legal teams. Like they, they can figure this out. They can come to some sort of settlement. Like he doesn't have to go to, to NBA court, right? Like, like is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> who's the judge in NBA court? I don't. Like, I don't know. It, it's got. It's got to be. It's got to be Zach Randolph. Like, it, like it's. It, <laughs> Why is Zach Randolph? It's, it's got to be Zach Randolph. Like, I, 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 whatever it is, I, I want it to be Zach Randolph. I thought it would be like Bill Russell, but I like this better. For some reason, Zach Randolph's like, I'm still in the league. Let's go. Well, 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 see, he's an enforcer type. Or whatever. Maybe you can bring P.J. Tucker up there. Like, whoever. It's got It's got to be like a real enforcer type. Like, you you, you got to have someone who can lay down the law here is what I'm saying. I, I'm into it. That sounds good. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's do it. And I'm looking forward to uh, to trophy nights every, like, you know, fourth weekend or whatever. Right. um all right so i guess we can get into basketball now um so the rockets have been hit with this this rash of injuries lately um they they had just gotten healthy like imbamute came back harden came back trevor ariza and gerald green came back from suspension so the team had just gotten fully healthy and chris paul missed a game to a a sore groin trevor ariza uh is, is gonna miss this entire road trip due to a grade one hamstring injury and Man, I gotta say, and I think Eric Gordon like went down with a back injury. Like he had like back spasms. Yeah, he something. tweaked his back. Right, something happened with his back. And I gotta say, man, like I just want to see this team at full health for like fifteen games. Just give me fifteen games <laughs> of this yeah. team at full health before the season. I, I just don't. I, I want to see like how good this team is. And like I, I, I don't know. Maybe just recently, like I, I feel kind of guilty because I feel like I'm putting too much stock into that time where the Rockets were fully healthy. Because maybe they just hit a groove. And they're fully healthy, right? Like maybe I'm putting too much stock into that. Like I really believe this team is good enough to beat the to, to not beat the Warriors. I'm sorry to you know stack to up hang with, the, with yeah to yeah. hang hang with the Warriors. And I'm and 80 percent of my thought process is, is behind those 15 or so go, games where they went undefeated and they had the best defense in the league and they had the best offense in the league. Like like a lot of my thinking is because of that. And maybe I'm wrong. I just want to see 15 games of them healthy. Like, just give me 15 games. Like, I got, and I, I I don't know what it is, like, with this Rockets team. Like, like, and we, we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like, I don't feel like they have the best training staff. Because this, this isn't just a, a this year thing. Like, if you remember two years ago, like, they were hit with, like, a crazy rash of injuries during that 2014-15 season. Or I guess that's three years ago now, right? But, like, during that 2014-15 season, I felt like somebody was always going down. And maybe it's not a training. Yeah, but staff last thing. year they were super healthy. It's really weird, right? Like, and and maybe that was just a perfect. But well, then again, Nene went down during the playoffs, and I think a key stretch, 
where like he was greatly missed. I I don't know. I kind of feel like I, their training staff is not the tops in the league, but I think it's pretty good. I think it's mainly that Maury takes a lot of chances on injury risk type guys and hopes that they can uh, keep them healthy. And mostly they have been able to, but sometimes maybe, it maybe just happens. Maybe this is just dumb luck. Maybe this is just dumb luck for the Rockets. It's hard to know. It's really hard to know these things because uh, right. unless you really are in that, unless you are really like a like a pro who knows a lot of different training staff and can really tell a difference, it's pretty much impossible to tell apart like training staff quality versus just dumb luck. Right. There's always some of both. So uh, we got to hope it's dumb luck. I mean, it seems like dumb luck. You have three guys to suffer an injury in the same game. Great. Right, but I mean, Sorry. like, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me. Like, maybe, I, maybe I, I'm really be, I'm being selective with my memory. I remember the really, really bad years they're injured. Like, I don't know. There's been like a ten, five to ten year thing with me. Like that, I've kind of, I've kind of pointed this out. Um, and, and, and I guess this really stems from the amount of minutes they play their top guys. Like that really bugs me that they that they play Trevor Reese at 35 minutes per game that they extend James Harden as much as they do. Maybe it's because maybe it's just that. Maybe maybe there's a there's a there's a selection bias going on there with me. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's it's just well, it's just a thing. It's just a thing injuries. That injuries also become like a like a downward spiral. In that once guys start getting hurt, you got to play the other guys more minutes to make up for it, and then that puts more strain on their body, and it's easier for them to get hurt, and more people are hurt. Uh, I think that the All-Star break is going to be really good for them, as it is for everybody, but it'll be a nice reset to try to hopefully get everybody over their small nagging injuries, get everybody at a close to 100% as possible, and try to get back in that that low-minutes groove that uh, they were getting into when they were on that big winning streak and everybody was healthy. Right. Um, and speaking of the All-Star break, they're starting to put together a really nice stretch of wins despite these injuries. I mean, they've won seven out of their last games. Uh out of the last eight games, uh, wins over Miami, San Antonio, Golden State, um, Minnesota. These are all playoff teams. These are all quality playoff teams, including uh, the reigning NBA champions. Um, and, you know, a, a, a conference finalist, uh, granted they're hurt. Like, you know, Kawhi is hurt um, and, you know, Rudy Gay is hurt. Like, the Spurs are definitely hurt. But they've had they've had wins over some quality teams here and Jimmy Butler was hurt too. So, I mean, I guess you got to put some asterisks on these victories, but I mean, still, I mean, these are successful teams that they're beating right now. And I don't know, like maybe these injuries don't matter. Maybe, maybe they, they just need to crawl to the all-star break, banking as many wins as they possibly can. Yeah, more or less. Uh, I think it's basically what every team has to do. I mean, as I said before, I think good teams are bad in January. It's it's the sloggiest part of the slog. It's been months. There's not been a break. Uh, it's hard to muster up full effort every game. Even the Warriors, you know, they, they were like down to the Kings the whole game until just now. And we saw them get just absolutely clobbered by the Jazz the other day. No one's immune to it. Everybody has a tough time. The better the team is, too, the less... The less easy it is to you know keep your attention and focus so you see this happen a lot they're everyone's crawling to the finish line and they they just need to get there then they'll have a little bit of a recharge yeah speaking of a slog um <laughs> the rock the rockets played the orlando magic on um i guess it was tuesday yeah it was tuesday and james harden posted 60 points uh, a 60 point triple double and um seems good is that good 
I, I think it's good. Uh, this He broke Calvin Murphy's record of 57 points. So most points scored in a game in franchise history. Uh, Calvin Murphy was up off the bench clapping and, and encouraging him to break that record. Although I, I, I can't believe he was being 100% genuine there. I, I got to believe he was hurt a little bit. Like, the, the, like <laughs> athletes have a lot of pride. And like when... And a lot of their records, like I think they hold a lot of them sacred. Like they, they won't tell anybody, they won't t- they won't talk about it with the media. But I, I think I think Kyle Murphy was hurt a little bit by this. Um, but but nonetheless, they needed every single point of this man. Trevor Ariza, Eric Gordon, Chris Paul, they were all out with injury, and um, this was pretty much like a, a game of Survivor. Like this this game right like against the Magic. Like it was just like guys went down like mid game. And Harden had to put the team on his back, and and, and this wasn't even like the greatest of, efficient game. <laughs> yeah, also, from had three. to play forty six minutes. <laughs> right, right. Like it, 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 it was definitely like a, a real scary situation there when it, when his minutes got up into up into the forties. Um, but yeah, I mean, like they needed it. Like, like and it's hard to blame Dan Tony for that because pretty much they had no capable wing out there except for maybe Gerald Green and Luke Mbamute. Like, yeah, and it was a totally winnable game, so you don't want to just like throw it away either. Right, and, and not on a back to back. Yeah, you can afford to spend a few extra minutes every now and again to win those games you need to win. And, and they were about to go on a tough road trip against the Spurs, the Cavs. So you got to figure they had that in mind. Like this game is winnable. Let's bank this win, and you know maybe we can afford to lose a game on the road, right? And I don't know. Like I, this game was kind of insane, and like. They, again, they needed literally every single point of it. Like Harden made some insane shots there. Like I remember there was there was a, there was a spot where like um, the, his guy was all over him, and like he was just pivoting. He was on his pivot foot, moving left to right, left to right, and then he went to the left side and found a tiny pocket of air. Like it it wasn't even a, t- a pocket of air. It was a bad shot. Like but he he just took it because <laughs> like, like the shot clock was running out and there was no other there was no better a better option. And he made that shot. Which was crazy to me, and then he had another shot towards the end, towards the end of the quarter where like it was like it was it was a four point play, and he got fouled on the way down, and then he was on the floor and he was doing the swimming action. Like I think I think at that point he knew that he had just broken the record. Like it was pretty it was pretty evident. Like the, the entire crowd knew, um, and like it just felt like you know like he he obviously knew. Like I I, I don't buy what he said after the game. Like he had no idea, but I mean. <laughs> But I mean, it's not like he was hunting those out. The Rockets needed those points, right? And I don't know. I thought it was incredible. It, this, the, I'm not sure if I would say this is the best I've seen Harden play incre- incredibly. Like I think, like he had a 60 point triple double, and and, and we're, we're we're debating if is it, this is even his best game. But I mean, this it's up there. It's his best game this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and what's crazy about it is he is he went 0 for seven for three in that first half. Like it was just like like it was kind of an insane shooting second half for him. Like he shot seventy five percent from three in that second half, right? And <laughs> I don't like I don't. It, I'm it's gotten to the point where I'm, I'm kind of like I'm kind of getting speech. Like I don't I don't know what to say after these hard performances because he's putting them up so frequently. He's had four fifty point games this year. Like that's nuts. Like uh, that doesn't like. One fifty-point game makes a career for somebody. This guy's had four of them this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's ridiculous. And look, this is this is the kind of a game that goes in an all an MVP resume. 
Right. And this is the centerpiece. This is the centerpiece of his MVP resume. He has been, if not the front runner, right at the top for the whole season. Uh, I think most people still cite him as the front runner in general, but it's this is a big watershed moment for it. And I know that like a lot of Rockets fans are horrifyingly afraid of even admitting that it might be a thing, but it's it's a thing. <laughs> he's he's the MVP front runner, and it would take a lot to unseat him from that at this point. I think. Um. Well, see, like, so you think this leaped him in the front of the MVP conversation? Now, I'm I'm glad you opened. He's he's been there. He's well, been there the whole time. Well, hold on. I, I'm glad you opened Pandora's box because I really didn't want to go there. But I mean. Um, we had to we have to talk about it at some point. Well, when he does crap like this, like it's just it's just impossible to ignore. And, and he was amazing against the Spurs, like like uh, in the last game. Like he was he's been incredible in fourth quarters ever since he returned from injury. And defensively, he's been awesome, uh, which is strange. But he he has legitimately been really very good since he returned from injury. I don't know what the like maybe his hamstring was holding him back. Like maybe that was the thing. Um, but yeah, it was it was too tight. There was it was too connected. Yeah, yeah we, we got to get him to. Well, actually, I don't want to say that. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think any reasonable observer does have him at the top of the MVP conversation. And I, I think most places I've seen have had him. You know, the, everybody has their little MVP ladder. Like, like everybody has yeah. a version of it, right? And and uh, from every one that I've seen so far, Harden's at the top of it. And, you know, I don't know. I'm still cynical. I'm still cynical because it felt like this last year around this time. Like, do you remember the New York game uh, on New Year's? Yeah. He, he had like 50 points, 15 rebounds, um, 16 assists or something like that. It was like ridiculous, right? He had like a similar ridiculous stat line. And after that game, everybody came out with the same conclusion. And it just took a few. It just took Harden slowing down in March and Westbrook kind of speeding up at the right time. He averaged a triple double. That's a big thing. Well, <laughs> that's well, the kind of that's the kind of like black swan event that has that's going that would have to happen last year and this year. Well, it's not even that. Like like Westbrook kind of had these had this insane clutch run at the end, right? Do you remember that Denver game mm-hmm. where, where yeah, he had, yeah, yeah he hit a bunch of game winners and he had a, and he also had like a fifty point triple double in there. Oh yeah, and he also like had triple doubles like six games in a row or something right after that. He had a totally bonkers February and March, which he's still capable of that this season. But I think that the ground Westbrook would have to cover is too much. Uh, I, once again, if anything could still happen. Uh, it's 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 anything but certain. But he's been the front runner the whole time. I think this helps him pull a little bit away from the pack. Uh, LeBron has sort of fallen off lately. He's also uh, there are some reasons why he might be falling into disfavor a little bit lately, which we can't go into or not at your discretion. But suffice it to say that uh, he's not rubbing people the right way at the moment. Uh, his team also kind of sucks. So uh, it's it, it's probably James Harden's a word to lose, which, like I said, a lot of a lot of Rockets fans are afraid of even like supposing this might be true like they feel like it's a jinx or something but it's just that's just what it is there's no point in trying to pretend like things aren't how they are just because you're like superstitious he's the mvp frontrunner right now and it until unless and until that changes he's going to be in that position okay so what would lebron have to do right now to regain some guard some ground on harden uh well beat harden tomorrow Right, I I think that's going to be a, a big <laughs> Step game. Step one. I think that's going to yeah. be a big game for. I think I, I'm not even sure if it's fair, but a lot of a lot of voters 
you know, put a lot of weight into these head-to-head matchups. Yeah, uh, so you have to beat him tomorrow, but he'd also have to go on like a, a pretty decent win streak and have a bunch of crazy games. It, Which it is takes totally a lot. possible. Yeah, it's totally possible. He can do it if he wants, but also he's carrying a not very good team behind him, and we'll see what they do at the trade deadline. But uh, yeah, I, it's it's tough going for, for LeBron right now, and he kind of has bigger fish to fry than the MVP award, honestly. Uh, I... I kind of think that there's a very good chance that Harden will get it because he's going to want it. He's, he's, he wants it a lot and, and he, he also is he in the position to win it. He should. Right. Like I, so yes, obviously things can happen. You know, events can come out of left field, but at this moment he has the best statement game and he has overall the best body of work and he has the general goodwill of the voting populace. So you got to favor Harden at the moment. Yeah, and as I was saying, I think he really should be after this award because if the reporting is true that he does have this huge contract incentive uh, in terms of his shoe deal of winning an MVP award, I mean, he absolutely should get that money. Like, I mean, that's just like I mean, like it's it's I I I don't ever want to hold anybody back from trying to receive um, the maximum they can get paid. Like I I remember this was a thing with with Anthony Davis and the All NBA award. Um, I mean, I mean the All NBA uh, year where he couldn't receive like he lost out on like 20 million dollars because he didn't make all nba one year um it was in this contract that you know he had to win yeah. mvp or make first team all nba or not first or make an all nba team and he was so injury riddled that he didn't make all nba and like you know this is one of those situations right now where harden has to win an mvp within within the next 13 years um or whatever however long as they do this contract is to get that full money and as i said i'm i'm, I'm cynical and I'm cynical for many reasons, but I just don't think Harden is very favorable with the voting base. Like, I just don't think, like, like, and, and this, this is actually a good segue into the article you wrote this weekend. I just don't think people like him. And, like, this is going to sound so homerish. I just don't think people, like, like, I think Harden has to move the sun, the moon, and the stars to get in these conversations in the first place. And to win it. I think it just takes an unbelievable effort. Um, he's never going to win convincingly, and I, 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 I just, I don't know. Like until until I see the award in his hands, like I, I have a hard time believing it. Uh, that's fair. I mean, definitely wait to believe it, but uh, it's. I mean, th- there's going to be people that literally never vote for. Him. Yeah, but that's not most of the voters. I think you're right, but I think the. Uh, I think the people that don't want to vote for him uh, don't have votes. I think that the MVP voters mostly are smart enough to understand how good he is. Well, Michelle Beto has a vote. And like this is somebody who I, I genuinely don't believe like in any circumstance she would ever vote for James Harden. Like I, like I think I think it's like there are voters like that out there. Like I'm not just picking on her like just because that's the one I could think of right now. But I mean like there. There are voters. I feel like there are voters like that out there in the voting populace, and maybe this is this is gonna it sound so homerish, but I mean I've seen this before, right? And I don't know. Um, let's get to your column yeah. because you, you talked about this in depth, like, and I'm so glad you wrote this because I feel like everyone who's ever written about the Rockets has wanted to do a piece like this, or it's crossed their mind at least, right? Like, like I, hell, I'll, I'll admit, like I've I myself have monkeyed around with the idea myself right like i like i i've put together a, a google docs start, wrote like 500 <laughs> words and then backspaced it right like i, I just 
like everybody who's ever like been around the team and and wrote about them, like they've all write a write write a column about this, right? And I f- I'm glad you did it because you did it a great justice. Like it was real excellent. So redagenews.com, you also go read it if you haven't done so already. Um, and the reason I never got around to it is just like I don't know how to properly broach the subject without sounding like a homer, or and I, and I want it to be done right. And to do that, it requires a certain amount of time, right? If you're gonna write a piece like this, you have to be, you have to be prepared for like a lot of backlash, right? Because it, it and thankfully nothing's happened with you. <laughs> you haven't received it. You haven't been in any hot water yet. But it's still on the table, right? Like the door That's is still fine. open. They're well. They're welcome to if they like. I I am happy to feel disagreements. <laughs> that that I I go in uh, eyes open. I know a lot of people are gonna are gonna hate it because uh, a lot of people are gonna hate anything. Well, I mean, it's this particular subject matter. The idea that that uh, a Rockets blogger would suddenly write about the Rockets being a hated team, I, I could see how that would how people would call you defensive or something. Oh yeah, right? for sure. Right? Like, and, and like that's one of the reasons I never got around to this. I just don't want to deal with the BS. Right? Like, because if when you when you write a column like this, and I've talked about this with, with people on our site, like people. Like you got you when I say like people have wanted to write this piece, like people have wanted to write a piece like this. Like I, I, I give, I've talked to many people who've talked about this particular subject, and people, many people have attempted to write pieces like this, right? About how the Rockets are just hated universally throughout the league, and um, and like uh, people just don't want to write it because it's it's just you have to put a lot of effort into it. You have to get into the psychology of it, and then you did a really good job of that. Um, in the psychology of Rockets fans and the psychology of NBA Twitter and the psychology of, of fandom in general. And um, it's just a tricky subject to balance, and I thought you did a great job with it. Yeah, uh, I would at some point love to go into like a deep dive with uh, some like a national guy about the identity of Rockets fans because I have a lot of thoughts about what the nature of being a Houstonian is, but that's that's separate from this. Yeah, I think there are certain things that people really don't like about the Rockets. And once again, to be clear, I don't know if they're the most hated team in the league, and it's not really very important. I, that's something that's hard to measure anyway. Every team has right. haters. And you talk about as, this yeah. in your piece. Yeah, they're not as hated as Rockets fans think they are, but they're also not like the most beloved team for sure. They're in they're in there somewhere. Uh, but there's plenty of people who do hate them, and plenty of people who hate them vehemently. And I think there are certain reasons for that. I think they rub people the wrong way because they do things in a way that is anathema to how most people think sports and life should be handled. They are not. Uh, they're not super aggressive, and they're not super ma- macho, and they're they're not super. You know, they're not going out there screaming and yelling constantly. They're not scowling at people and shoving them as much. <laughs> they, they're, they're. This is just not their personality, and it's, it's fine if that is your personality. If it's fine if you're not, but a lot of folks who are going to get very defensive don't like the idea that a softer style could be successful, and it's really that combination of. They're, they have no pretense that they're going to try to game the rules. They have no pretense that they're going to kind of be a bunch of chill friends who are not worrying over much about like rigorous discipline. Mike D'Antoni, Daryl Morey, James Harden, all these guys do things a certain way. And it's not the same way as someone like a Bill Belichick or something like that. It just isn't. 
and they don't they don't have a bunch of platitudes about the nature and spirit of the game or whatever. And, and they're they open that. And yeah. they don't have the history of someone like a Bill Belichick or a Greg Popovich, right? To, to to kind of support their way of doing things. Exactly, and you don't get respect until you get wins. So right now they're in a period where they're trying to get those wins and get that respect, but they don't have enough of it yet. So people just resent that it's working. Which is fine. If you don't like them, you're welcome not to like them. They're not. They don't suit everybody. But a lot of people really don't think that the way they do things should be successful. Uh, they think it's a black mark that such a thing would be successful. And I can I can understand that view. The fact that James Harden openly tries to game the system and get people to hit him to draw fouls, it's frustrating because not just because he's good at it, but that he is going to do it again as i mentioned that he's it's not just that he knows a thing to do to make you hit him and draw a foul it's that he's going to find the next thing and the next thing it's that you can't ever really stop him because unless you make it legal to hit him he's going to get you to hit him and that kind of breaks the spirit of the game to a degree uh and some people don't mind that you know i don't i know a lot of like fighting game type guys and these guys are totally used to like metagame like like digital gamer types are still used to the metagame playing the rules uh playing playing the game and this is just part of a part of the what it is to be a gamer and to be a winner uh i think that within the nba dudes respect that more that's i think why you saw that james harden won the players mvp award that one year but did not win the media one because i think other players understand how difficult that is and they get it they get that he's playing the refs and they get that he's playing the rules and that hey a win is a win but i think a lot of the people who are surrounding the nba have sort of different ideas about it for them it's not just like a skill set in a day job for them the nba has a lot of morality tied up into it and i think that's where you get a lot of this more deep-seated hatred that comes from, like the more virulent hatred, because the way the Rockets do things, if it's successful, that's in a way an attack against what these people think is right and correct. Right. Uh, well said. And I, I think the origins of this go back to even when Daryl Morey got hired, because, I mean, right off the bat, this was not a tra- traditional hire. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. This, this guy came from a background of MIT, um, you know, we're we're focused deeply on the cyber, you know, the metrics. You know, we're we're gonna do things a certain way. We're gonna do things differently, and we're gonna rebuild differently, right? Like, I mean, the, the way he rebuilt, like, I I felt I felt the the hate even locally. Like, guys did not understand what Daryl Morey was doing. Like, like people felt like Daryl Morey had no direction for the longest time after the T Mac and Yao era because. I mean, first of all, his his background, like he, he he didn't have the proven track record. Nobody in his field coming from, like he comes from the Sam Hinkie school, right? Where like nobody in his field except for Daryl Morey has the proven track record at this point. But back then, I mean, there was no track record to go on. And Daryl Morey was doing this, doing rebuilding in unconventional style. He was, he I mean, he was obviously setting up his teams to play a certain way. He was eliminating the mid-range jump shot. Uh, he was st- he was stacking up on all these draft picks. He wasn't bottling botting me out, which which a lot of people questioned because you know that's traditionally the way to do things, right? And I don't know, it rubbed a lot of local people the wrong way. I remember Daryl Moore used to get fights on the radio with people. Like I remember this. Like he used to literally fight for himself on the radio because people didn't know what the hell he was doing. And like like and this was like a thing. Like and then when he got James Harden, it val- it vindicated him a little bit. But still, there was always that lingering. I'm not sure if you know what you're doing, right? Like I felt like that. I felt like that was 
very evident within the fan base, within um, other guys who have been around the league forever, who just looked at them, looked at Daryl Moore in this kind of curmudgeon way, where like you, you're not our, you're you're not the way we used we're used to doing things, right? Like you're you're not from my background. You're you're not you haven't played the game before, right? And that extended down to everything the Rockets did. I mean, you talked about this, like I mean, when when the Rockets acquired Dwight Howard, man, like this was met with a great deal of hatred. I felt like the Rockets, like like the amount of people hated the Rockets went up to like a ten after they got Dwight Howard because <laughs> it's easy to hate Dwight Howard, <laughs> right? I mean, like I, I remember like. People generally liked James Harden around the league before the Dwight Howard acquisition. Like I, I, I remember this. Like James Harden was like a, had like a cult following in Oklahoma City. Like people loved him, and he was like he was like an internet cult hero. Like he, people liked James Harden a lot. And then when when Dwight Howard came and brought with him, you know, Dwight Howard and you know that bitterness that people have that feel for him that people feel for him. Like I felt like it resonated across the franchise, and specifically, like I, feel, I, don't, I don't know if it's if, if it's possible. I felt like some of that rubbed off on James Harden, right? Yeah, and yeah. and like I feel like that stayed with the franchise and it never left because people, and as you mentioned within within your column, people don't like the way James Harden plays, and you talked about like, like he flops. He 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 deliberately tries to get to the free throw line. Um, in an unconventional fashion, like he he doesn't do it the way you normally do, which is try to try to get to the rim and, and make and make the shot. He tries to get the rim and get the foul and draw the contact. Right, he feels it out. He traps people in their arms. Like he he gets people to swipe at him. Like and, and, and like people don't like this. People don't like the aesthetic of this game. And th- this was like a subject of conversation on Twitter even this weekend. Like people are talking about it. Yeah, it's ongoing. It's yeah, ongoing. Yeah, people don't like the way he plays. People don't like the way it looks, and it it, it just like it it, it 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 goes on to like the Rockets play style. Like people don't like how Terramori's like gotten the Rockets to shoot like a load of threes, right? Like people don't like that. Like the, this idea that he's he's effectively eliminating the mid range for most of the league because most of the league is abandoning that shot. Um, it rubs people the wrong way because that's not the league they grew up with, right? Like that's not the that that's not what I'm used to. I feel attacked. I feel like <laughs> I feel like this guy's uh, invading my turf. What the hell does this guy know, right? He's never he, he hasn't played before, right? Like I I feel like a lot of that exists. And uh, I don't think this is unique to them at all. Uh, there are cycles to this, right? I think that a lot of this points to, and I'll I'll, I'll clear up what I mean by this in a moment. This points to the like the overly powerful power of the win in the NBA. Uh, we saw the same thing with the Mavs until they won a championship. Right. We Dirk, saw the thing. Dirk got a lot of this. Yeah. Yeah. He got a ton of this. The Spurs, same deal. They had to win like three of them before people stop before people stopped hating Manu Ginobili. It's easy to forget that now because it was a while back. But people hated Manu Ginobili and Manu was hated like a, him. Manu's like a cult hero on NBA Twitter now. People love Manu. Yeah. Now. And I think it would not be surprising to see the same thing happen. I think that if the Rockets do win a championship or two, some off chance, if something like even if they don't, if they just stay really good long enough, eventually people they'll become like elder statesmen and mainstays, and they'll go from being the fringe threat to being the core reality, and it'll be less less virulent. Uh, but I think that the the win is strong. 
uh, we kind of overestimate how big wins are. I think that people feel that if Daryl Morey were to win a championship with this methodology, it would vindicate him in a way which is scary for a lot of folks, that suddenly everyone's going to do things that way. And but that's not, not true. Not They're just, over. Yeah. Not just Daryl. Mike Antoni. Like, yeah, uh, exactly. Right. Like, like People generally won't believe in the Mike Antoni style play until he wins one. And, and, and even though it's worked yeah. for so many other teams... I don't know what it is. Like people would just want to see Mike D'Antoni advance to an NBA Finals, and it's because we're all so obsessed with with winning a championship right. that it's valued overly highly. That it just because something works one time doesn't mean that now we all have to fall in line behind that. It doesn't mean that Daryl Morey's conquered the NBA. It doesn't mean that Mike D'Antoni's conquered the NBA if they win. It doesn't mean that James Harden is it's now the ruler. Just like it doesn't mean that they're terrible if they don't win an NBA championship. But we chronically overrate winning. Uh, it's important that we stop doing that in this nba i also talked about how wins are at a at a very minimum right now in the nba because we there is this one team who is going to take all the wins they're in a certain way taking all the joy so people revel in uh losers and as i noted i don't know how to i don't know how to tell if it was like that in the 80s i was i was a child there was no social media there was not like records but definitely in this moment uh it's it is easier to take joy from someone else losing than it is to take joy in your own team winning because it's harder for your own team to win and it's very hard for your team to win the big one. So there are there are 29 opportunities, like like 28 or 29 opportunities to, to enjoy watching somebody fail every season. And it, it's a lot It's a lot greater resource. So, of course, people want to watch people fail. It's, right. That's where we can get some pleasure from. Chances are your team is not going to win NBA championships this year. Right, and it's much easier to to enjoy your least favorite team not winning one, right? And the Rockets get a ton of this. Like when when the Rockets get eliminated in the playoffs every year, it it just pours down. Like it's gonna happen again this year. It's gonna happen again this year. Like believe yeah. me, it's gonna happen again this year. Like when yeah. when, when when they get eliminated in the playoffs, it's not like any other team. It's it's the craziest phenomenon I've ever seen. Like people pile on, like to the rock to the Rockets, to Daryl Morey, to James Harden. To the way they do things, like everything gets questioned, it gets picked apart for like six months until their next season. Like it happens every year without fail. And if we're being totally fair, there are other teams that this happens to to some degree or other. I once again, I don't know which one happens to more, but like the Thunder get this too. The Thunder yeah, have yeah. more detractors than we are aware of because the Rockets fan base generally despises the Thunder at this point. So. <laughs> That's we don't, a, that's, we don't that's see heat, that. That's the most heated fan rivalry in the NBA. Without like without question. Like these fan bases are out each are at yeah. each other's throat every night. It's until, brutal. Right. So uh yeah, so they they're gonna get it too. You know, people people make fun of them. There's plenty of teams. The Clippers yeah, like I said, it, for the, the Clippers, time, yeah. Right. The Clippers, like people ne- felt that team would never advance. And I guess they're somewhat vindicated, although I'm not sure if that's the correct word to use right now, but I mean like, people felt like the Clippers were like this. Like, I feel like the Rockets are getting a lot of that Clippers treatment right now, right? In the in the like, I'm not, I don't I'm not going to believe it until I see well, it, right? Yeah, people, during yeah, and during the uh, during the height of the Clippers hatred, uh, they were the most hated, and the Rockets were like the second Clipperiest team. I think. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's a good argument to take that like peak Clippers were maybe the most hated team in the NBA at their time. Uh, then you have like the Heat were super hated. People that's really for hated the reasons, Heat, though, right? Right, but there's a lot of different reasons to hate people, which I kind of went over. There's a <laughs> bunch of different personalities to the hatred. Like the Celtics get a lot of hate, and it's a different character 
than the hate that, say, like the Warriors get. Uh, but I mean, there's some deep rooted stuff for the Celtics that we probably shouldn't talk about right now. Um, yeah, but it's <laughs> but I think we can agree it's different from why people hate the Warriors. Right, right, De- definitely. And uh, you talked about the Warriors a ton of this piece because I mean the, the Warriors are clouding the way everybody thinks right now. The, the way the, the like the general fan thinks about the NBA is totally different right now than it's ever been because it's it's just. This they have there's just this monolith hanging over this the entire league and you're trying to find joys in other things and you wrote about this right you're, you're trying to find joys in other things and and often that involves hating and rooting for someone else to fail and I think the Rockets are going to get a lot of this for the longest time until someone dethrones the Warriors and I, I think I genuinely believe if the Rockets find some sort of success like their reputation is going to go a, a complete 180 like the, I, I I I'm glad you mentioned Dirk. Because Dirk is the, the the one player I feel like is the best comparison to James Harden right now, because people hated Dirk and they doubted him for the for so many years until he won that title. Like he was legitimately probably one of the five most hated players in the NBA. Like I, I'm not even kidding. Like if if you were alive and you're within that era, like if you if you had enough cognizant, like you you would know. Like he, Dirk was yeah yeah like and people call him he was soft, soft right like it was soft always soft same with Pau Gasol yeah I was gonna say Pau Gasol right like Pau Gasol got a lot of that too until like James Harden wins a championship like he's gonna receive a lot of that like like this could be a a real Carmelo Anthony or it could be a real Dirk Nowitzki situation, right? Like people are like, there's two ways to go about the rest of his career right now, right? Or like, I don't think Carmelo is the right. It's probably the correct way to do. But it could be a Chris Paul type of thing, right? Like it could be a real James Harden could be regarded as the next Chris Paul, like really really great player, one of the greatest at his position ever, but not could never get over the hump. Or it could be a, a real, you know, Dirk Nowitzki type of thing, where it, the entire opposite happens, right? And people view him in a totally different light. Yeah, and with Dirk, for example, it was like overnight. It was really just like by the next season, everyone's like, "We've always loved Dirk." Right. It, it happened in the midst of that playoff series because because, because of the heat, the heat yeah. right? Right. And, and that could definitely happen with the Warriors because I, I I I truly believe people want to dethrone this Warriors team more than any more than ever. Like 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 I, I feel like like if you remember the 2016 NBA Finals where the Cavs won their championship, like. I mean, you saw it then. You you remember how much NBA Twitter celebrated that night? Like it was it was crazy because people wanted this team to die and go away. Like the seventy three and nine <laughs> team, people hated the Warriors. Like at that that was peak Warriors hatred. Um, and, and and we're entering a period of that right now after the Kevin Durant acquisition, where people just want to see this team be beatable, right? So so they can they can talk themselves into other teams possibly beating them. And they can talk themselves into enjoying the NBA as a normal league again. Because yeah. the NBA is not a normal league right now. Because the Warriors... Yeah, I, yeah. Go ahead. It's, it's kind of deranged. And yeah, they need they need someone to at least put up a really good fight against the Warriors. Which is... like I, I understand that a lot of people don't like the Rockets. And they'd like their team to be the one to do it. They'd like, you know, the whoever... Maybe they're Thunder fans. Maybe they're Celtics fans. Maybe they're like Spurs fans. But they want their team to be the one who pushes the Warriors. And right now... It like it just really looks like the Rockets are the only like the ones who are most likely to do it. Like, so I don't think they actually want to see a league where the Warriors go sixteen and zero in the playoffs. That's not that's not good, really. That's not fun. Uh, that makes the playoffs boring. 
Like it's more fun if someone actually pushes them, even if they win at all. It's more fun if there's some some action there and not just them plowing through everybody. But I think we'll see if and when the Warriors and Rockets meet in the playoffs. We'll see some interesting give and take between uh, what people root for. We might see a lot of people treating this like a like a both sides need to lose situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really want to see how people treat that series, right? Like, I I, I think it's an interesting dynamic. Like. It might be a Mavericks thing where people wanted the Mavericks to win that finals because um, because the, the the Heat were so overbearing at that time. Um, yeah, it, it it could be that type of situation, but we won't know until the series actually starts. Like I I think that's a good point you made there. Um, but yeah, I mean like go read go read Forrest's column on RandyJoops.com. It's excellent. Like it, it go please go take your time to go read it. It's really good. Um, it's a, it's a little lengthy, but I I think it needed to be that lengthy to properly like explain the psychology behind all this because there's a lot of stuff there. Like there's a, like we we haven't even unpacked like 15 percent of it on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, even even the piece didn't even unpack like even half of it. Honestly, there's so much more left. <laughs> right, like, we we could talk about this subject forever, but yeah, it's a, it's a really smart piece. Like you should you also should read it. Um, and yeah, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. I realize the Google Play link isn't working right now. I'm trying to fix that. Uh, we'll get that up uh, working as soon as possible. But I mean, for now, there are a ton of Android apps that you know that sync with the, the iTunes store. So go look, go download one of those apps and look for our podcast, uh, the Red Age News Podcast. Give us a good re- review on iTunes if you enjoyed the show. Give us five stars. And yeah, guys, uh, follow us on Twitter at Red Age Noobs and follow Forrest on Twitter at Do Nots. Yeah, guys, good night. guys, it's Mike. As you know, I adopted my pup Rocky from a local rescue. Now, when people asked me what kind of dog Rocky was, I was always stumped. I used an Embark Dog DNA test to decode my most puzzling questions about Rocky. You can also learn about your dog's inner secrets with Embark, the highest rated dog DNA test. Unlock over 350 breeds and screen for over 200 genetic health risks. Save $50 on a breed and health kit with promo code KIT at EmbarkVet.com. Again, that's promo code KIT.